What's up, you guys? You are now listening to the Power Post Game Report, where we talk all things power. I, of course, am one half your host, Triple D, and with me, as always, is... It's Carlos Steve. What's going on? World, we're back. It took a while for them to come back. And y'all, I'm sure y'all were, you know, waiting for, you know, power to come back because you were waiting for us to come back and talk about it. Like, you don't you don't have to front like that. We, we know. It's okay. But we're back because they're back. And uh, we're ready to get into this. Uh, Mr. Carlos, how have you been? I'm chilling, man. You know, just doing the usual. And I guess it's been almost a whole full year since the show last ended. Like, it ended February 6th and is down back more than a year later. And I think we did have Tommy in the middle, but I think this is really the bread and butter of our recapping uh, empire. So I'm just happy to be back, having fun. How you doing? I can't complain. Um, I was I was curious as how I was going to feel about this season with them taking such a long break. Um, and clearly, uh, just from the rumblings, it seems like this was stars doing on them holding for so long. Uh, I think we're used to Tariq and them coming back. Usually, they usually come back around like the fall, right? Uh, yeah, if you say it, I believe it. I think last yeah. first season, that's all the good thing about Google. The first season started on September 2020, and then the second season was November 2021, and now we are waiting all the way to March 2023. Uh, so it's been a bigger jump, but they normally does start in the fall. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know what what Stars was doing, dragging their feet on this. Um, I, I, it was a weird, weird call. Um, I'm wondering if <laughs> maybe they're trying to trying to loosen themselves under the grip of 50 because 50 is low key becoming stars is kind of in house Shonda Rhimes. Um, and the last person you want with their hand around your neck is, is 50 cent. Um, but they're back. That's what matters. Uh, we are here to talk about book two, Ghosts, season three um, of Tariq's wild ride and in, in trying to be a drug dealer and part-time student. You can rearrange that however you want. Um, any thoughts on uh, what we what we left off with and what we're about to get into? Uh, no, man. I just think, you know, it ended with a lot of wild things happening. A lot of people lost their lives. Mecca. Zeke, the the lovable Zeke, um, and it's just I'm just ready to see where they're gonna take it from here. So I'm ready to get into it. <laughs> Damn near his half of his teaching staff. Oh, I forgot about them. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of death at this school. Yeah. If I was at Stanford, Stansfield, whatever it's called, I would be thinking about transferring. <laughs> so many people dying. Like for real, um, wild, just wild. So with that being said, it's time for us to dive on in. You ready? Let's get it. All right, so we pick up, and I, this I was actually kind of I was pleased with them doing this. Um, they they kind of picked up on sort of a loose end from the previous season, and that is that blue diamond ring that Tariq took and then subsequently gave to Davis and uh, had him fenced so he could get the money to pay Davis. So we find out what happened with that, because after the the craziness that was that last episode, it kind of gets swept under the rug. Um, it's sort of the driving force of what puts Mecca onto Tariq when that ring comes up missing. Um, but the way everything kind of pans out, had they not done this, we borderline would have forgotten about it. Um, so we find out that Davis would indeed fence the ring, uh, get it sold. 
And this is one of those instances where I feel like every now and then power becomes a victim of its own kind of like doing too much. Um, we, we get this auction scene and I'm like, wow, like five mil is crazy for this. Um, but we get a character who, who we will be formally introduced to later who walks in to this auction and, you know, the thing, one of the things with power is like, they have a lot of, uh, cool outfits and wardrobes for the characters and stuff like that. This woman stuck out like a cartoon villain. Um, I didn't like, I don't know if it was that or the fact that everybody else in the auction looked like regular nine to five office workers. Um, but she's pretty much scouting out the ring and then goes to retrieve the ring, which just so happens to still be in New York. We find that out later. Um, just so happens to be in New York. How convenient. And this is where I'm just like, this is, this is a bit much. She, <laughs> she corners the guy who has bought the ring, bought a $5 million ring to propose to his girl with. Um, obviously they don't want to give up the ring, you know, uh, rightfully so. Cause some random black lady and some thugs pop out of the bushes. Um, your first instinct is be like, what in the world is going on here? Especially if I paid, if I paid five mil for it. Yeah. I, I'm gonna talk trash too, because nah, nah. So instead of just taking the ring, Shoney just cuts the girl's hand off, just smooth off, and then kills them. So I'm like, okay, I understand the whole intimidation thing, and you were gonna kill them, but and and it come it comes back later on in the same episode where it's just like, was this really necessary? Because like this looks weird, like <laughs> a couple found shot to death in the middle of New York in a park and the lady's hand is smoothly cut off, that's going to raise a lot of questions. So off jump, you're already drawing a lot of crazy attention to yourself. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> what did you think about our opening segment? Uh, yeah, I think it was just really goofy. Um, and I, I, you know, I mirror a lot what you're saying is like, it didn't make any sense. Uh, I, I get they were trying to introduce this new baddie, the new bad of the season or the new big bad. Uh, but they just did it in a really kind of goofy way. Um, the cutting off the hand was too goofy. The killing them in the middle of New York, uh, killing two rich white people in New York, like it's no big deal. It just didn't play as realistic. And I guess the point is they're trying to set up is like she's just so bad, or she's so connected. It doesn't matter what she does. She's like untouchable. Um, but the scene did put me. It started the season off bad to me because it set a. It, it was too goofy, and it just set a bad precedent for me. I didn't like it. I, I I feel you. Um, there was a lot going on in this episode that w that just really made me think. Like, is this going to be the season where the show jumps the shark, where they get too too wild with some of these premises and they can't dial it back? While you know, obviously this is a make believe world. I think the thing that people really liked about it, or like, excuse me, you know, still is how it still felt realistic like i could see this happening in a certain section of um of of the world you know certain sections of of major cities but like like this and something a few other things that happen a little later it's just like come on man like you're you're losing us just a little bit you're losing us just a little bit anything else before we move on 
No, no, no. That's it. Weird. Yeah. So uh, it's a new school year, and am I tripping, or is this Tariq's second year? He he, it should be, but when you see who's in his class later on, it's very confusing. We yes. know three months have passed. We know he's gone through summer vacation. Summer vacation. Um, it was Christmas at some point. Like I never know what time of year it is on the show because it's just all over the place. Because when they film it, it's way different from when it actually is released. Uh, so even though they might have filmed it in December, they may be trying to play off the summer. Um, but you would think he's at, at minimum a sophomore by now. Yeah. And that that's what I think. Um, so we find that Effie has, in fact, transferred from Yale to Stansfield. Because it's just so um, easy to do that. Uh, I mean, granted, if you think about it, that's that's one of the things that's like it's kind of ridiculous in the in the reality because Effie needs to stay at Yale um, because it's Yale. But realistically, I mean, if you're transferring from Yale, what school is going to say no to you? You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that I kind of bought. But at the same time, I was like, dang, she she in it for real. Um, she's really down for him. Uh, we're going to put an asterisk beside that that particular statement, <laughs> especially once we get to the end. Uh, but they pretty much have a little quick heart to heart while Tariq is moving out of um, the dorm room that everybody had access to uh, the first two seasons, uh, which is probably, you know, sucks for him. But at the same time, probably a smart move because no one had a problem running up on Tariq in his room. It was crazy. Worst mm-hmm. campus security ever. Um but she's pretty much expressing that she just doesn't she doesn't want to be just Tariq's girl um, who followed him to Stansfield. She she wants to be her own person, her own boss, which she has been. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we get reintroduced to Mom Weston, who I got to look up if that's the same actress that played Mama Weston last season um, at that dinner. I, I couldn't really remember. But we also find out that Brayden has a. Is this 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 is this this is not the the same sister, right? It gotta be. I think he only got the one brother and one sister. Man. But she seems younger. Well, that's I what thought I'm the saying. other that one seemed older. Like way younger. And now she like, I guess a freshman too, and somehow in the same dorm room. Yeah, uh, so I gotta look that up. New school year. Oh uh, yeah, for sure, it definitely is because yeah. there's a there's a sign on there that says like "Welcome new students." Mm-hmm. But I I don't remember this being the same actress. Um, plus this one seems a lot younger. Like she looks up to Tariq, whereas in the other one seemed like, like maybe she was the middle child between Brayden and Trace or now, possibly even older than Trace. I always thought she was the youngest. I thought she was still in high school. I thought she was like way younger than they were like, a, a you know, 15, but like I said, the, the way they play with ages and time on the show, it's hard to know. And, and, and I don't remember either one of them white women. So I don't remember if they're the right actress or the same person or not. I just know it was random all of a sudden that uh, they popped up and threw Tyreek out when I guess he was just living there all summer. Even though there was no school. I don't. The show was weird. And this scene just made it extra weird, too, because they were just all like over the top, overly aggressive. Uh, I, they was mad at Tariq. And I don't re- really understand why well, they were mad at him. The sister was chill. The sister was cool with it. Yeah. The sister was like on some, you know, like, mom, you got to chill. Braden was the one selling drugs, even though, and I think that's why mom knew. Like, mom was like, ain't no way. But I think the sister was kind of chill. 
and I think that's going to be a, you know, it's obviously going to be a thing moving forward. Um, her and Diane are going to be buddies. She already knows Tariq. Um, so unfortunately now the sister Becca is who I believe she was uh, referred to as she was, um, she's in the line of fire now. She probably joined uh, the game. Uh, probably. I mean, it, that that's just how it goes. Um, any thoughts on his conversation with Evie? Um, I just thought it was like an odd thing for her to be. She literally did move there for him, and now she's all worked up about it three months later. And maybe that plays out with the end of the episode, and she's getting weird because of what she's doing behind the scenes. Uh, but it's just very bizarre that a person would, the day before school starts, all of a sudden be upset and want to break up. Because just facts, she did follow him there. She did come there to be with him. So um, I didn't understand her mindset. Uh, but you know, it's TV. We got to find a way to make drama. So I guess this was the, this was just what they were doing. Yeah. So we get Monet in morning. Um, it's been three months, and she's still rightfully, you know, right. There's no you can't put a time limit on that. Um, but she's clearly still devastated. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she don't she care must hate her other kids, bro. She ate everybody that lived. Except right for now. Zeke. Yeah, Zeke is like all all her all in all because yeah. she, she hates, was ready to kill her other kids. She yeah, she hates ones, everyone that, that survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she can't stand none of them for real. Um she's done with all of them. Uh especially Lorenzo. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, they got no love. Right. That is And her life seems to be just sitting on the couch or sitting in her chair watching Watching the stories. Watching the stories. So, which ain't bad. She ain't got yeah. much else to do. She ain't but really got a job. But it's also rough, right? But it's 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 rough. Granted, you know the lifestyle she lives as a you know drug boss. But at the same time, Zeke was the only real innocent in this. And as we've seen with this show, um, most of the time it's the innocents are the ones that that get taken out. Um, yeah, it was. It, it was hard. Like, she clearly don't care about Lorenzo. She don't care about Kane. She definitely can't. Like, Diana's practically dead to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to I had to run it back in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, Diana was the one who pretty much blew everything up uh, at the end of the last season. So I kind of get it. Um, but we do find out in this um, Davis... McLean, yeah, I had to remember Meth's uh, character name in this. Uh, Davis comes by and and pretty much tells her that uh, by technicality, you now own um, Dante's penthouse. Dante, I I had to remember his real name for a second. I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. What was his, what was his fake name? Mecca was his Mecca, right? Um, she don't want it. Which makes perfect sense. Um, so she gives it to the brothers Tejada. And man, did they luck up into that one. Um, at least it seemed they lucked up into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about that going into the next scene? Um, like I said, it, it, uh, bigger than the, the penthouse thing, which is weird. And it's like McCain, just like that McLean, whatever, like the in-house lawyer. Because why is he the one just telling them this out of all things? He's not a, a, a part of Zeke's estate. Uh, but anyway, um, the biggest thing was the way she was treating her husband. Like, the penthouse thing was just kind of like a story to kind of advance the story. But you can tell the disdain uh, that she has for Lorenzo. And she doesn't even know that Lorenzo is the one that killed Zeke. She Not just yet. hates this man just for all the things that he, I guess, did to her over the 20 years that they were together and the time he was in jail, yada, yada, yada. But 
I'm 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 really interested to see how this story is gonna play out because right now he's just kind of taking her shit, but how long is he gonna take it? Because she's like being openly hostile to him, like fuck you basically. Um, and I'm just curious as to how long that how, do they think that's gonna last? Yeah. He's like, okay, whatever, hope, and and what's gonna happen? And I think part of it is like because he knows he's the one that did it, he kind of has to eat that. He he's got to eat it because it's like there's no. There's no there's no world where he tells her to just get over it because it it was clearly her son. But there's no world where he he tells her to get over it and he could even possibly save what whatever possible relationship they have left. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's impossible. Um, So he kind of has to eat it. Um, And he he really needs to start thinking about a way to point the, the trail somewhere else because. She wants answers. She, you know, and she demanded him to find answers. So it's just like you. He's got to do something he, until he's got to play nice until he can figure out a way to get this on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, we go to the Weston, I guess, financial uh, their their family business. Well, one of the family businesses. And uh, we meet Uncle Lucas, who I will probably be calling Uncle Luke just because. Uh who seems to be just as shady and full of, uh, you know, debauchery, like just, you know, the family, the family brand. And uh, we also find out that he also hates Trace. So everyone hates Trace. And I'm fine with that because Trace is pretty terrible. And um, <laughs> this is pretty much my, my thought process watching this scene play. I was just like, man, white privilege at his finest. Um, Braden admitted to selling drugs on campus and uh, two campuses, technically um, in high school and this college campus got no jail time was removed from school and pretty much gets to work at the family cash cow. He, he pretty much, he failed up, which is such a white privileged thing. Um, but one thing I did appreciate was that he, his, his uncle was like, look, yes, you screwed up, but that was actually a smart move, which Braden, I'm glad that Braden admitted it. He was like, it wasn't about the money. Like it was the rush. It was doing something that wasn't attached to the Western name because far as we know, no one else in the family has done that. Um, obviously, in the real world, you tell them, like, look, man, you need to find a different way to do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of get it. It's obviously the worst scenario, but I I, I get it. Um, and we get to meet uh, Kiki, who, of course, she's cute. And it's uh, unfortunate that she's probably going to die. How did you feel about that scene? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just echo what you said. Uh, it was so weird that you flunk out. Of, well, not flunk, but you get expelled from school, and your reward is a fancy job with your dad uh, and some rich company. And I was like, that just showed you the difference between somebody, even somebody like, uh, and not Tariq to a certain extent, but people like Tariq, who, well, I don't want to say Tariq, because Tariq did, his family was kind of rich. Um, but people who are struggling, like, let's say, what's the other girl's name? Uh, the one that's always making comments in class. 
Uh, oh, uh, Bruce Chandria. Bruce Chandria. Like somebody like her who probably didn't come from money, they really need everything that Stansfield is going to give them to make it in their life and be better. This man literally did illegal activities, flunked out, failed out, kicked out of school, and their plan is not just to give him the job. It's also to get him back into the school. Like, they haven't given up on that. they like, this is what you're going to do until we get you back and until they found some type of shenanigans to get him back in the Stansfield. Um, I, I missed that part. Which they did, is, yeah, yeah, that was the comment that dad was telling them. Yeah, so, that's even wilder. So that's their plan. It's not over. They don't think it's over for him. Like, this just like basically a break until they can figure out how to get him back in there because they know their power influence can do it. Um, and then the rest was like just general. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with this new black girl. Um, I, I don't know if they're setting her up to be like a love interest to his because they was kind of flirty a little bit or what her role is. And then what is going to be the role of this, this Western thing altogether? I'm just curious to how much time it's going to be taken up dealing with because they had a lot of scenes where they was just nothing to do with Tariq. Braden was even barely there and they was just doing a lot of involvement with this Western firm. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. Um, but yeah, right now I think I mean this 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 uh, whole thing was given like a lot of pilot uh, mm-hmm. because they um, they did wrap up so many story they didn't finish all the storylines of course but they wrapped up so many storylines at the end of season two they had to come this year with a, introducing a lot of new characters and that's why we're getting a lot of these introductory scenes um, and I hope it's just gonna pay out long term that we actually get some strong good characters that we either you know root for or love to hate or whatever it may be um, because. I think that was a big miss with some of the secondary season characters in season one and two is that they just didn't really give us anybody we actually liked. The professors, I hated both of them. Zeke was okay for some comic relief, but I never really got to him. So I'm hoping they give us some extra characters outside of the Tahadas and Tariq that we can actually invest it, get invested in and, and actually either love or hate depending on what their role is in the story. But it was just a lot of introductory stuff in this episode that kind of dragged it out for me and was kind of slowing it down. I feel you. Um, one can hope because they, as you said, they, they do have an issue with introducing characters just to kill them in like the next two or three episodes um, or <laughs> reintroducing a character that you think is going to be a conflict and killing them by the end of the episode. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, so real quick, we get a, a quick scene back at the Tejada house where we, as I said earlier, Diana is very, very much in the doghouse, but also very much still daddy's girl. Um, now, this is one of the ones where the, the whole transfer thing didn't make any sense to me um, because somehow Lorenzo was able to talk, make some calls and somehow get Diana into Stansfield Um which, if anything, this is the most unrealistic thing. Um, knowing everything that her her last name has been tied to in the past year, um, as well as other things on top of that. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe you can say that they felt bad because her her brother cousin uh, played basketball and was killed. But realistically, in the real world, Everything that the Tejada family's name is tied to, like, I don't care how good of a student she is. No, (laughs) she ain't coming here. Um, She's at what I forgot, whatever school it was. It was a good school. I know that much because it's a it was a real school. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. It was St. John's. Yeah. Like I said, it's an okay school. But if if this school is supposed to be like equivalent like of an Ivy League school, um, they're not just letting her in. I, right. Who does Lorenzo know that he can just sweet talk her way into it? 
so this was just another thing where they clearly are just um, doing something to get all the characters in the same place. And right. it's just easy to put her, make her a student there, even though it makes no logical sense than it is to have her just on the outskirts, but still always constantly on campus. Right. Uh, so that's all it really was. But I, I, and, the first thing I'm saying is like, this is impossible. This would never happen. Yeah. Uh, there's no way, no way she can just get into the school uh, days before the semester is about to start. Uh, it, it's just not realistic. But you know, yeah. it's TV. It's TV. So you, right. you, you don't want to go crazy about it. True. But I also feel like this is something like, okay, then if you knew this was going to be a, a thing long term, why would you have your writers shoot your, shoot themselves in the foot last season where you 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 straight up state that she's going to another school because they don't want her by t- near Tariq? If you knew you're going to get her over there, if anything, you you make it so that we want to send you to this other school so you can stay away from Tariq. But we've decided to let you go here. Or you have Diana screw up something at St. John's, and that's how she ends up there. Because that, that way you can avoid this, oh, by the way, you're going to, you're going to Stansfield now. You know, you're going to save that, that, scene, <laughs> that scene time for something else. Um, but TV, all right, we got we to gotta let them do them. Uh, so we get our, our guy, Tate, who... It's obviously going to be a regular since I believe his show got shelved. Um, still being taint, he was asked to remain as an adjunct professor, which he never fully uh, stated. And I, I'm also curious about how that's going to go um, as far as his congressional run now that we know he's not getting his show, his standalone show. Um, because I don't know how much longer you can you can draw out Tariq's story and cramming Tate's side story in there. I don't know how that's really going to work or if it's really going to work. Uh, but we get Tariq pretty much pressing the Dean who I, f- I feel bad for the Dean because my man's a stressed. He inherited all this from the previous Dean. Um, when first professor died, whose name I don't remember, uh, Jabari, um, when he died. So this Dean, he's stressed. He's like, look, I don't really need all this. Um, but the, there's a lot of faculty and a lot of trustees who don't want you on campus because they don't feel safe, um, which is a messed up thing to say. But us as the viewers, we know that, yeah, a lot of people who get involved with Tariq die. Um, so, you know, realistically, I get it. But in a student setting, especially when he's been proven innocent, um, yeah, you can't really do that. That's that's pretty messed up to do to a student. Um, and as Tate said, a young black male student. Um, but as always, it's going to come with a price because Tate's Tate. Any any thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I, I'm so tired of Tate. I don't know why they keep trying to force him in here. Like, I don't know what his role is long term with. Uh, it, it, it seems like he's just out of place on the show. And maybe they just like Lorraine. I mean, uh, Lorraine's Tate and they want to just keep him around. Um, but I, I need him to, to go away. I, I, I'm not really I'm not really feeling Tate no more. Um, it's just the same thing over and over him doing something shady. Him saying something is about race or something like that. Uh, and him just like being this this little snake. And I just don't like him. I'm not a fan of Tate. Not the real uh, Tate. The actor, I know what you mean. The character. Yeah, I I like Tate, um, but the his role 
kind of needs to be borderline relegated to like a a guest spot as opposed to a regular character because I feel like him having a story and it looks like they've they've dug up a a possible like old flame yeah, angle even all with that. him. Like, yeah, I'm telling you right it's now, kind of no thoughts on that lady. Like, they're just introducing these random weird characters that like I don't see how they're gonna fit into this world. Um, but I guess we just gotta let it play out and see how it's gonna go. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that, like I said earlier, it's like I'm curious as to if this is going to be the season where they drop the ball. Um, so from there, we go to the uh, Tejada bachelor pad, um, and Kane, wasting no time, throwing a full-on party complete with with uh, with bare breastesses mm-hmm. all over the place. I believe it's a Tuesday afternoon, but hey, get it in. And um, they're on the hunt for a new connect. Did you recognize that guy? It took me a second, but I was like, oh, that's a dude from the woods. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'm paying attention to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. so I thought that was a little cool. I, I like, um, that's one thing I do like about this show. And sometimes they'll have like actors that we kind of know from our youth or when we were young, and they may have disappeared for a while. And then all of a sudden they'll just pop up on a, on a, um, on a power. Uh, so shout out to 50 for like giving. People who may not be mainstream stars, uh, but are black all stars or black, like, you know, knowing the black community, chances to come back and, and, and get their work in. Uh, so it took me a while to recognize him, but I was, yeah, that's definitely dude from The Corner, The Wire, not The Wire, uh, The, the wood. wood. Cause he used to be around a lot and he just kind of disappeared. Fresh. You, you ever watch Fresh? I didn't, I didn't watch Fresh. Ah, one of the best movies. But he, he's also a little kid from Fresh. But it was good to see Dude. I don't know his name in real life, even though I've seen him the last 20 years. Uh, but it was definitely a nice little shock. And, of course, he was like, and I'm, I'm curious, is this a one-time thing? Because he wasn't right. messing with them. He basically yeah. told them, take your, uh, he gave him a bogus deal. He basically wanted them to get them the money up front. And he wanted 60% of the profit. Which is wild. Which is crazy. Uh, most most <laughs> most connects don't take profit money. They just take the money for the, the product you put out. Some of them may, depending on how strong they are, may take a little fee, but 60% of anybody's uh, money, nobody's going to go for that deal. And of course, and disres- they said, get out of here. And disrespected moms. So it's like, yeah, you, you're pro- if he comes back, he's probably dead. <laughs> they might just bring by just to shoot him. Pretty much. You know, no, just is, just for someone for Kane. Right. right. Someone for Kane to take his, his anger out on. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, we, we get our first major conflict. Uh, we get the return of Bash, who feels scorned, rightfully, because uh, when everything blew up with Course Correct, it blew up on him, too. Um, so he's in a bind. Uh, Stern pretty much kicked him to the curb, and he's dead broke. So he pretty much squeezes uh, Tariq. How much did he ask for? I don't even remember. It was something wild. Yeah. And then he gave him like seven days, which again, like I hate it. I hate, I hate unreasonable deadlines with, um, you know, TV and movie bad guys. It's just like, dude, just kill me. If that's what it's going to come down to or snitch, just do what you got to do because I'm clearly a broke college student. You, I'm in the same position you've been in that you're in right now. And he even says that to him. He was like, "Clearly, Coast Guard got blown up. I'm, I don't got no money." And he, you know, they never take it. They never uh, are reasonable about it. But I guess they wouldn't be TV bad guys if they were reasonable. 
So, yeah. And then just this, I always thought this Bash character was weird anyway, uh, because he just came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he just married to Stern, and I guess that was a way to keep Stern involved in the show, but they couldn't get the actor anymore or something. Um, so, you know, welcome back, Bash. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put an asterisk on that one too. Um, so we get our formal introduction to our new big bad. And this is where I had, if, if the, the hand getting cut off was my first eye roll, this was my second. Um, I forgot how to pronounce her name. It's like Nora or Nor. It, I don't Someone know. Someone M, right? Mona? Mora? Something like that. We'll, we'll get, we we'll get to it. We should probably be better at this. Huh? Well, I said we should probably know who the characters' names are. If we gonna do probably, yeah. probably, but everything happened so fast, and I feel like they only said her name maybe once. That I was just like, and plus, I'm not gonna front like this. The way this scene played out, I was just like, seriously, it the whole this scene was so. It was kind of like rushed, and cookie cutter. Um, she gets to jump on them. Apparently they yeah they cut the power to either the entire penthouse or the entire building. All I know is they had time to come in there with like four or five people, um, a hostage, and they they kill the hostage in the um, in the penthouse, uh, and then they all three of them just get into formation. They just start talking like the the way they all delivered their lines is just like. I, I it just felt weird to me. They just was it just felt like they were reading the hostage negotiations off the paper. Like we can do this. We we worked with Mecca. We can move your weight. It's like no inflection, no no panic or anything like that. I understand keeping your cool, but also it's like you guys are in in uncharted waters. Like I it it was it was strange to me. I'm always cool for, you know, I'm always down with, you know, badass British bad guys. Um, I can already tell that the, her, her number one goon, he's going to get got at some part, at some part. Mm. Um, I, I'm waiting for it. Uh, cause he just, you know, he's immediately too much of like, not just a dick, but like a snobby dick. So it's like, okay, it, your time is coming. We just got it. We just got to count it down. Um, but we find out that the ring that was taken actually belonged to her. She was Mecca's fiance. Um, she apparently is a kingpin, uh, and I guess, you know, these were her soldiers that Mecca was, was using and, um, she's, she wants answers, uh, because it hasn't gotten out Well, no one knows who killed Mecca. Um, but she seems to think that because these three, uh, 20 somethings were in the penthouse, they they know they they would they would clearly have the answers. These two college students and this 24 year old, they they know what happened to your um, your lieutenant. Uh, how did you feel about that scene? Uh, yeah, I think it was just it was very uh, comic book villain. They just show up somehow to get in. They don't really explain how to get in. Uh, of course, somebody starts mouthing off. They get popped in the face and all of a sudden everybody realizes that. This person is serious, and they just all kind of fall in line. Um, so, I mean, like I said, a lot of the stuff did feel rushed in this episode, and then 
that, it was just off. It just wasn't no a lot of realism to the episode at all. And I, I mean, I know it's a TV show. It's not going to be realistic, realistic. Uh, but this was another one. Everything dealing with her and her little gang, they didn't, for me at least, they didn't introduce them properly to make me interested in these characters off the bat. Yeah. Uh, they made them too goofy and too cartoonish. So I'm not really feeling them right now. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. I kind of wish they would have waited another episode or two before they actually interacted with them. Like, I wanted them to maybe do some more lurking. Um, it's literally she cuts off somebody's hand, and the next thing you know, she's running up in a penthouse. And pretty much after five minutes has recruited them. Um, she, you know, she actually takes the time to hear them out after she's already killed one person. Um, it, it just, I don't know. And that's what I, before we recorded, started recording, I asked about how many episodes this was. I was like, this seems rushed. Like maybe they're not going to get a full 10. Um, so I'm like, what do we, it's in the power verse. It's never a good sign when they, when they rush a big bad. Cause nine times out of 10, they're going to go down quick. And they're going to go down ridiculously, and we're expected to not have questions. We're expected to just run with it. Um, I, you know, you, you got to draw these things out so that they at least look like a threat. Because right right now, they just look like goons who get the who just got the drop on them. Um, but yeah, it's it it was interesting um, to say the least. So we get a real quick family meeting at the Tejada house and. I think Kane being Kane and his his history of kind of, you know, being a, a, a screw up is what kind of diminishes when he's telling people the truth and giving people the rundown because they're in a very serious situation here. But on the one hand, you got Monet, who's still grief stricken and kind of doesn't care. And then you got Lorenzo, who's still trying to be Mr. Super Tough Guy, which I understand that that's what's needed. But. He was he was very clear, like they got the drop on us smooth. We don't know anything about them. And you talking like there's some some guys from another hood like these dudes are connected. So it's like we need to be taking this a little more serious. And of course, Lorenzo, who, you know, still mad at Kane, but also still on his ego stuff, just like I'm not taking orders from you or anything like that. And it's like, dude. I don't know what y'all street so your street soldier situation is looking like, but these dudes are not playing around. What did you think about that scene? Yeah, I mean, this just showed the the continued dysfunction of the Sada family and how they just all are out of place. Nobody really trusts anybody in this family. I don't even know why they still hang out together. I mean, I, I guess other than out of uh, I guess uh, some type of weird. I don't know. I'm trying to figure. I, I don't know why I'm spacing my mind, but like when you just like obligate obligation, like just because they are on the same planet, they just obligated to be around each other. But they clearly don't like each other. Right. Uh, the fathers and sons don't like aren't getting along. Uh, well, at least one father and one son. The mother and the daughter don't like each other. The mother don't seem to like anybody else in the family. The mother and the father ain't getting along. Why are they still wasting their time together? At this point, they should just go their separate ways and figure it out. Uh, but I guess it's easier said than done. Uh, but this really just showed the full dysfunction of this family. Um, and I'm just curious to see if they ever going to be able to get back together. Will they ever be tight again? Or is Lorenzo, actually, ever since he came home from jail, this family been in a, in a, in a, 
a spiral. Yeah. So we'll see how for it goes. Sure. For sure. And yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a part of Monet that wishes he never got out. I mean, obviously she did. Obviously she she wanted that because her goal was to get out and um, pretty much leave him there to rot. Um, but from there we get two quick scenes. We can kind of uh, gloss over. We get pretty much Tariq giving Davis the rundown on the situation. Um, and I think this was probably my favorite interaction, even though it was quick, because, mm, excuse me, this was the first time Tariq straight up shut down Davis because Davis will milk you if he can. And he was he was starting to go into his his slimy smile. He's like, well, how much can I charge? He was like, dude, you're the one who fenced it. My quietness is your payment. And I'm glad that he did that because one thing we didn't need is and I'm glad that the other Lucent was was carried out about that. Um, I hated how last season and part of the first season, every now and then Tariq would find himself in these situations where he had to go on these side quests to pay Davis. It's just like that just doesn't seem realistic. It doesn't seem like he would have the actual time. Like realistically, he'd be dead or, or locked up trying to do all these side quests because everything would always work out just in his favor. And we kind of don't need that. Um, and I'll run through the next scene and um, I'll get we'll get your thoughts on both. Um, what a coincidence. Diana gets <laughs> matched up to room with um, Becca Weston. Um which is just like what, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you can't script it any better. It's pretty much just the writer's way of saying, hey, these two are going to be together. They're going to be buddies. Deal with it. Um, we don't have time to really flesh it out. Uh, we're going to have this little interaction where they meet each other and they're just going to be a team, a tandem. Uh, just just go with it. How did you feel about those two scenes? Uh, yeah, I agree with you as far as the... Um... Davis and, and Tariq thing. I'm glad they aren't doing this thing where she he's just kind of like getting money out of him. Um, and I think the big difference is that now Tariq actually doesn't need Davis. Like Davis is actually involved in this because he's actually a part of the action that got these people mad. When in the past, all he was was really his lawyer, so he needed him to kind of pay um, because he could just walk away and it'll be like no consequences to him. But now that Davis is actually involved in it, I think that's the reason. I, I like how they kind of. Let Tariq get the upper hand over Davis for, for one time. Um, and then the second part, the second scene was like, like you said, the, they really want this Western family involved. And this is and they just, this is a way to just keep the Western family outside of Braden involved in this show. Because um, they did a, it was a lot of Western in this uh, episode. And I guess this is what they're going to set up for this season. Uh, so that's all that was. And, and we'll see how that plays out, how the medic plays out. Uh, they both googled each other they knew a little bit about their both families histories uh so uh we'll see how it plays out um but i think it's just kind of way to set up and that this girl was not a one-time thing she will be a major part of the show i guess uh the little sister whatever her name is i think her name is becca or bella i think they called her becca um but it just again it's another one of those things where it's just like all this crap gone down has gone down over the past year um and you're gonna you're gonna put a Tahada in a room with a Weston. And it's just like Well, you got you gotta remember the school doesn't know all this stuff. Like the school doesn't know that the Westons and Tahada's got this weird relationship. Uh the school didn't the school cause like uh it wasn't like Zeke was a we- you know, 
There was no connection between the two families. All the stuff they've been doing is kind of like on the outskirts, like Kane and Braden doing weird stuff. But the school don't even know about that. Um, so the school not going to be like, but, but it is weird that this new incoming freshman who just found out she was going to school the day before is getting into this prime room. Yeah. And the way the West, the way they made it seem the Westerns are, the Westerns shouldn't have no roommates. Uh, the way that they make it seem like they run the school, they shouldn't have no roommates that they don't actively want. So just sticking a random stranger in that room didn't, doesn't make sense if you believe that they are who they say they are on this campus. Like, it makes I sense can... with Tariq and Brayden to be, be roommates because Brayden is a Western and Brayden loves Tariq. That's his boy. And, and just putting a random together. person in that yeah. room, this doesn't seem like it's open, open dorm housing. But, you know, maybe it is. Too many loose holes, but from there we go to, to to actual class. And this was one of the things I was wondering about because, like, well, both of his professional, excuse me, both of his professors are dead. And all I kept thinking was, so is canonical studies done? Is that over? The way they made um, it seem like it did, uh, we don't right. know because Effie is in the class. Uh, it's not even the, the same class. class. No, this is something, this is a whole, a a different same classroom, different class. That's what I'm um, saying. I forgot what they said it was, but like it's a completely different class. But they didn't even mention the canonical studies thing because I'm like, are they going to mention that that was a whole plot point in the first season? Um, because they didn't mention it at all in this episode. It is a completely different class. It um, is, but they they all but all the same people are there. Other, th- I mean, they still got uh, Rushandri is still in there. Mm-hmm. That the, white dude, the, the white dude, I that think white the Asian girl, kid, the white uh-huh. girl is always saying something about black stuff. So it, it, at least you believe this is literally the exact same class, other than they added Effie and Diana somehow. Um, but you're yeah. right; they don't they don't expressly say this is still canonical studies or not. Um, but it must not be because how did Effie just get in when they exactly. it was impossible? And especially how did Diana get in? Especially exactly. when she would be a year behind the rest of them. She shouldn't even be in that class. But, you know, that's just them trying to force everybody together. Yeah, it's American American psych. That's what it um that's what it was. Um and so it's a completely different class. But yes, um Effie's a transfer. Um, but again, she's got the Yale tag. Because she the, the lady said Professor Bennett, who was our new professor, who is now in danger by association. Um she said that 300 students signed up for and, 25 slots. Right. But Effie gets in off the Yale tag. Uh, Diana, who just got admitted to the school a couple days ago. Will not be um, in that class. Not no, high, then, not no highly sought out class. Right. And I'm pretty sure uh, young Weston slid in off the last name. She was um, in it? Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> she was in it. Because I think Bruchandria makes a comment of like, I'm... I'm, people don't realize that because I'm, I'm a bad bitch that I'm not smart. And then Becca was like, well, I have the opposite problem because I'm smart and people don't realize I'm a bad bitch. Uh-huh. So she, she's going to be the little kind of wisecracker, um, which I'm not mad at. But the only the main thing I got from that is that like, OK, this is going to be our our bridge back into the whole where there's a lesson Along this, you know, there's a, a theme that, that goes along with the particular class. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, like, the, the title episode comes back up. And then it comes back into play at the memorial. Um, but the other thing that I fell into, this TA 
is already too weird. The dude that looks like he's about five or six, seven years older than the entire class, mm-hmm. but is like clearly hitting with them. Well, I've never had a TA. I was about to say I've never had it. I've never had a school. Yeah, I was about to say I've never been in a class where there was a TA. But yeah, he was sitting in there with them, and he was chiming in. I was like, hey, who? That's another thing. TAs don't normally do that. Unless they are, like, giving the instruction for the day. But they don't be like, oh, we're having a debate. And the TA just pop in. Well, these are my thoughts. Man, shut up. You ain't no right. damn. Uh, you ain't the teacher. And he, as we see later, he's going to be, you know, he's and he's speaking to classmen. Yeah. I, I didn't get it. At a I, memorial. Mm-hmm. What yep. the hell is wrong with him? Yep. I was like, oh, okay. So you're going to be our Jabari. Um, we'll see how long he lasts. <laughs> Good luck. Because you're going to get in too deep with Diana and Kane or Drew's going to mess around and kill you. Um, calling it now. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what goes with this class. Um, so, meanwhile, back at the Weston job job camp, Kiki just want to do her job. And, again, it sucks that she's probably going to die. Um, any thoughts on that? I, I think that was just like a just a way for them to be like um, – there's, you know, this There's place is, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a boys club. Yeah, it's a boys club. Drug use, and then they're going to find a way to uh, sell the drugs at his father's place of employment. Right. Like, that, like Brandon really don't give a damn about his fam. I mean. Like, it's one thing to be doing one thing and selling on campus, but you're really going to get your father possibly caught up in your mess just because you dying to be a drug dealer. They still have not a good, done a good job of explaining his rationale. Why does a rich millionaire white boy would why would he be so drawn to street life? I, again, it's I think it's just that's his drug is the rush of doing and surviving this life. You know what I'm saying? When you get that that boost of adrenaline and then you know the serotonin and all that and the the come down, it's like for some people it's like okay, I'm never doing that again. Like for, if this was me and I had to, I had to make a run or two for Tariq. My anxiety would be through the roof if I made it, and everything went smooth. I'm like, all right, man, cool. Are we good? Never talk to me again. Whereas in, I could think of a couple people in our crew that'd be like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Let, I'm with it. Um, and I think that's basically what it is. And I think the reason he doesn't really consider his family that much, even though he clearly cares, because he could have let Trace get killed. Um, when Kane took him on that field trip. But I think part of it is just like, especially with this particular, you know, this particular setup is like, he knows his family, his, especially his dad and his uncle have been, have already been in that shady lifestyle. So it's like, he knows that like, even if it were to fall back on them, they're not going to let themselves get knocked. Um, And it's that white privilege safety net where it's just like, even if I go down for for whatever reason, I already know my family, at least the, the few people I care about, like my my sister and maybe my brother. But at the very least, my sister is going to be fine um, because he's, he's probably witnessed it secondhandly his entire life. Um, but this gives way to Bash going with the double squeeze. And 
I kind of wish this would have played out a little bit longer in the long run. We'll we'll discuss what happens to him later. Uh, but we get a real quick scene of Kane one shooting a shot with Effie because, uh, you know, no morals. And two, also kind of spilling the bean that she's kind of out. Like we, we've kind of started back up and you ain't in it. Kind of, you know, just being a dick and stirring up stuff. But also he he does know that like Effie is the most capable of the three of them. Um, what did you think about those two scenes? Hello? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, hold on. Oh, you talking about Kane putting up on Effie, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kane is like weird, man. I don't know why he does the stuff he does. Um, it's like I thought his him and Tariq's beef had ended, but this is like just comes off as somebody who is just jealous still of Tariq and just trying to mess up his game with his girl, like for no reason. He's just a petty ass person. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> <sighs> and I'm so, sorry, what was the other question? Um, mainly just Bash with the double squeeze play. Oh, I mean Bash. I mean, like I said, he's just a weasel. So I'm, I'm not shocked that he's going to do everything he can to try to get this money. Um, I mean, I, I still don't really understand his rationale as to why he would go to the people he knows literally was just busted and are basically either hot or basically forced out of the game. Uh, so I think I, I feel like he would be smarter than that, um, but like I said, that doesn't tie into like the logic of a TV show. Right. Uh, if people were smart I, on TV, the shows would be boring. True. Um, so that's all that really is. Yeah, I, I think I would attribute it to him just probably like having a lifetime of being a manipulator and having gotten away with it. But yeah, he's young kids. Even yeah, he's around yeah. the same age. Exactly. Um, I think he, you know, if I squeeze these, these 20 somethings, they'll, you know, they'll get desperate and they'll come through, but clearly he didn't know who he was dealing with. Um, so we get a real quick, um, reminder that Davis has his side quest where he's trying to get his brother, Theo Rollins played by method man, um, out of hmm? red man. Oh crap. My bad. Yep. You absolutely right. Uh, by red. And um, we find out that he has hepatitis, what was it, like B and D? One of those. I think he had like, I think they said two of them. but he can't get a liver transplant because of it. Right. And he's he's probably not going to be admitted to the a trial for something that might help him um, unless he can get out. So uh, Meth now has, excuse me, Davis now has a, um, a time clock that he's fighting against. Um, and we find out that he's placed sacks on it. Sacks with a new haircut and uh, looking a bit, looking a bit weathered these days. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, it looks like this is just another little storyline. They just opened up, I guess to just build some intrigue. Um, Cause I felt like they never mentioned his brother being sick before. I know his brother was in jail and his, Oh no, they, they hinted they, at they it. Have? Maybe I yeah, they hinted at it. It was so long ago. Um, but I mean, like I said, I like when they set up new storylines that may play out as long as they give us a good return of investment on it. Um, so we got to see how this is going to play out. This was just a brand new character. Um, but it did kind of leads into bringing back, uh, Sax, who's everybody's favorite. Uh, you know, I don't know what to call him, but he never gets in trouble. Sax has been in so much mess. And every time he's, 
ends up on top and now he's uh, a white lighter he, he's he's found his um morals uh morals and he's trying to like i guess still still got a hard on for the for the saint patrick family though you think he would have learned from his many many years with the uh AUSA office that to leave this family alone but he seems to be doubling down and he's back investing and trying to take down Tariq well you got to remember you got to remember this time it's a bit more it makes a bit more sense cuz even he told um oh gosh I forgot what his girl's name is, but he told her, like, look, you need to leave them alone because you, you people usually end up losing. Um, but he's now he's motivated by avenging Lauren, who had nothing to do with it. So, like, that's his that's his motivation for getting back in with, like, trying to take down Tariq if need be. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he I think he had even seen the light it was just like, look, I can't keep trying to come at this kid because it never goes right. Um, but any yeah, thoughts on that before we, we move on? No, no, no. I think we're good to go. Okay. So Bash has to go because, um, Braden goes to Kane and is like, Hey man, um, I have a problem. And this particular problem, if I go down, unfortunately, we're all going to go down. So I need you to help me with it. And Kane pretty much tells him like, look, I'm not your gun. I'm not your muscle. So if you're going to do this, if we're going to do this, you're actually going to do this. I'm just going to help you with the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we got Tariq trying to talk some sense in the bash and bash getting way too ahead of himself. Start saying all the wrong words to trigger Tariq. And um, yeah, this scene was was reckless um, in 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 how it was played out and how it was kind of executed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you were just going to kill Bash, I, I feel like you just kind of set it up as like, okay, Bash is a loose end. Help me take care of him. That's a, that's a five minute scene. Um, I don't understand the purpose of putting Bash in two scenes where he's going to squeeze both Tariq and Brayden just for the outcome to be exactly the same in the exact same episode. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, you know, it was just like, okay, we only got this guy for one episode. Let's get rid of him. Um, how did you feel about <laughs> about that? Yeah, I mean, it was just sloppy, messy. Um, they, I mean, Tariq just, I guess, out of passion. But Tariq is like a full-blown serial killer now. Oh, yeah. he's. I think they even went through it in the flashback, all the bodies he's got up, he's got. And he's up to like five or six people now. He's just killing people for the sake of killing them. Um, and I get it. Dude was kind of putting a little pressure on him. But I feel like it's, it's kind of a disservice to Tariq how sloppy this was. Um, and the same thing for Braden and Kane. Like, I get it. Uh, Braden, of course, is, is a novice. He's not involved in this. But Kane has killed enough people that he know he can't just go into a fancy hotel, a half-cocked with no real plan of other than just sneaking in the back door and actually killing somebody like this ain't no, uh, you know, ghetto hood <laughs> right. warehouse somewhere where nobody's gonna care. This was like a fancy rich hotel. Um, you know what that reminded me of? So I, 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 you know, I hate to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut no, you off. Ahead. You know what that reminded me of? Remember in book one, where Dre goes in to get the uh, the Serbians, and he goes up with a pretty much a machine gun with the silencer on, ready to spray up the place. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. 
Uh, but at the very least, Dre at least, dressed, you know, kind of had a disguise and everything like that. Right. It's like this man came. He dresses every day like he's going to the club. Right. And it's like, dude, you and this white boy walking into this fancy hotel. Yeah, like, like no other. It, <laughs> it's like you're practically asking for it. Uh, but sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, but I'm, I'm just saying it just, it just doesn't make sense, which is sloppy. Uh, and they don't really explain how to get the body out of there. You know that hotel got to be full of all types of cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, just sloppy. Uh, another thing where they the writers just didn't really think a good job of uh, planning this out. Like, I'm all for getting, getting rid of Bash. I don't care about him. He wasn't some character that we all care about. Uh, but I wish they would have did it in a, in, a, in a way that didn't make the three characters look like idiots. Um, and I think that's just kind of what they, they end up making them look foolish and like amateurs, even though at this point, and we get it. I know they still all young kids. They all like in their early twenties. If I don't even know Tariq and Brady not even 20 yet. Um, and, and Kane can't be much older, um, uh, but it just made them look sloppy and I didn't like that. Yeah. It's kind of starting them off on a bad, a bad look. Um, because we saw how good they were with planning and execution, Towards the end of last season, and now it's just sure? like they took down a major um, through their planning. They took down a major drug distributor. Like they right they, through planning, they took out Mecca and all those other people. And this one's just really sloppy. I, I feel like they would be smarter than this. <laughs> it's literally like them coming back from like summer vacation and having done nothing. Mm-hmm. Like this is their uh, their spring training right. almost. Like they got to work the kinks out. This is their their NFL camp. Like. What did y'all do over the? Like, I guess y'all really did stay out of the game over the summer, because um, it was chilling. Yeah, because y'all rusty. All of you are rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, so real quick, we get the return of Blanca. Hi, Blanca. Yeah. Um, no who's thing. got a hard on for for vengeance and justice? Right. Um, These cops so really she, care about their. They really care. Um, which I guess is something I realistically, you, yeah, you, you need. Shit, have um, some evidence. At this point, I feel like they low key just harassing this guy. Like if they got a, a, a at this point they have no crime that Tariq is involved in. Yet they're still constantly surveilling this man and wanting to take him down. And I, and we get it. We as the we as the viewers we know he's done a lot of shady stuff. But me as like a person, if this was the real world, I don't want people just surveilling people because they got a hard on for them. I think they need to have right. like, real police reasons to be after these people, and they don't have it. So it, it just frustrated me uh, that, you know, I'm just tired of this corrupt government constantly um, after this poor black boy. That's fair. Um, but she has to be back in it because that was her CI. Dante was, well, Mecca was her CI. Yeah, so and that's like... Nothing. How's she getting the DEA? She was a, a regular... A New York City police officer. Now she a DA, DEA with a high profile uh, um, confidential informant. Come on, it don't make no sense. She de- and because she definitely lost in her um, involvement with Ghost Case. Like she definitely came out on the bottom. Not better. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Maybe since the pandemic, they they, they had to fill these <laughs> they had to fill these vacancies. Um. But, but her yeah, and the she, white lady, the, the white lady lawyer teaming up. Yep. They all uh, plotting, got something that they after. I'm not sure what. I think they, after, they think Sarik is involved in Mecca's killing, I guess, because he was in the penthouse. Oh, she did have a video of him in the penthouse, didn't she? He was at the guard's desk. Right. About that. All right. right. So I'll take it back. They do have some type of connection. 
man, it's been a long time. Yeah, I have so long good, ago. good memory because I totally forgot. Um, I could have sworn she was gonna join whatever task force was gonna be on the hunt for Tommy out in you know Chicago. Right, because they did. She was in um whatever book that is, and they called about the white boy out of Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe Tommy will come back this episode for a little sneak. Maybe because I haven't heard anything on when that series is coming back. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of shows, stars take their time on shows. Yes, they do. So we'll see how it goes. So we get a real quick setup for this memorial where Effie is, she's feeling some kind of way that she's on the outside. Um, but Tariq is genuinely doing it for her own good. It's not that he doesn't believe in her or trust her. It's the fact that this new threat is dangerous. And I feel like he, although all of this is wrong, I feel like he's kind of doing the right thing by trying to keep her involvement out of it. Um, Because that's just, you know, that's what you would want to do for someone you care about. I understand she wants to help because she cares about him, but he wants to protect her from this because, yeah, this threat is, is completely different. Um, from anything that she's really had to deal with. Um, we also get, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of blaze through parts of the memorial. Oh, yeah. Um, so we get that. We find out that Tate, well, Bennett, Professor Bennett, how cool, how convenient happens to be an old flame of, uh, of Tate. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I, I found interesting about this was this is probably like the first, like, kind of sincere side of Tate we've seen since he he had that that adventure with his brother um, when he was staying at their house. So I'm like, okay, I think this might have been the one that got away. Right. Um, Maybe it turned him into the dog that he is now. Possibly. Possibly. Um, I'm also trying to figure out what in the world the lady he was with, his his date. Um, I, I don't. I mean, we don't police women's bodies. I'm just a little curious. That outfit for a memorial. Yeah. Hey, it was get in, get in. Choice. Uh, very interesting that. choice. Again, we don't judge, but I was just curious. I was just curious. This was right she up there had with too much titty out for a goddamn <laughs> funeral. Don't nobody be having all that at no funeral. <laughs> a memorial service on oh, a college campus. Yeah, memorial. Yeah, it, this reminds me of that outfit Professor Milgram had in that one episode. Where everything was out and she had that high slit. I was like, ma'am, it is 10 in the morning. This is a lecture class. Oh, she came to class dressed kind of sexy. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So anything on the Effie thing before we keep pushing? Uh, I mean, just just real quick. uh, I think um, I understand both sides. I understand Therese's side. Of course, you want to protect her. But I also understand her side. Like, dog, nobody asked you to protect me. And that's something that we do need to do more as, as men. Uh, it, when it comes to women, yes, we should protect our women, but we shouldn't be making decisions for them that we don't know if they want or not. So, yes, I get Wait, his point. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I get what you're saying, but does that? I mean, I get it, but like, does that still spread into the drug game? Yeah. Who is he to tell her what to do with her life? Huh? Yeah, I guess you're right. If she like, uh, regret it. Like, if, if he don't want to be involved in it, it's fine for him to say I don't want to be involved in it. But don't say I don't want to be involved in it because I'm trying to protect you from life. 
She might not want him to protect her from life. She may want to go into a full fledge. So give her a chance to make the decision for herself. Let her know, hey, this some dangerous shit we about to get into. Because it ain't like he got no moral objection to her being involved in drugs and being involved in dangerous situations. He didn't pull her into dangerous situations himself multiple times when it met his interest. So don't all of a sudden tell her she can't be a part of it if she still wants to be a part of it. Um, you know, granted, I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to be saying, uh, hey, baby, let's go sell drugs together or let's go get involved with these dangerous people. But I'm also, if I really want her to be my partner and, and be my equal, I'm not telling her I'm keeping you out of this. I'm going to be open and honest. Look, this is we facing what you want to do. And then depending on what she want to do, we'll take it from there. If she want to be down, I'll let her be down. Oh, I'm not let her. So now I'm telling her I'm letting her do something. You get my point, though. Like, let her make her own choice for herself and then go from there. So, yeah, we shouldn't be encouraging people to be involved in things that are dangerous or violent. But we also got to stop thinking that we are obligated to protect people from things that they want for themselves. And she clearly wants to be engaged in this. And that's just my two cents. Fair enough. <clears throat> so before this memorial gets started, um, Diana, also with the interesting choice attire mm -hmm. for, uh, for a memorial. But hey, you do you. We don't cousin judge. Cousin brother. Right, right cousin brother. Um, I, I did like that we got to see that Lorenzo was genuinely happy to see Diana away from the business and living a normal life. Mm -hmm. um, so I, that made me happy because he does genuinely care at the very least. Um, I think and I think it's one of those things where he knew that it was too late in his eyes for his sons to have normal lives. Um, but at the very least, his daughter could have one. But I also think this goes back to what we were just talking about. If he had a third son, he wouldn't want her to have a normal life. He would want her to do the same thing his older two sons are doing. But because she is a woman, he thinks it's his obligation to protect her from the dangerous life that the rest of them live in. Even though he's openly let his wife be involved in it for many, many years. But now because it's his little daughter or his daughter, he feels like this weird obligation to protect her from this. Um, when he should have that same obligation for everybody in his family, not just his daughter. It's a fair statement. I'm going to play slight devil's advocate and present that possibly with Drew and Kane being older, whatever whatever point they were at in their lives at that point, they he might have thought that like we don't have an option. Yeah. Um, but but they're also, not that much older though. I'm, not no, they're not back to back to back basically. They're not. But I also feel like there's the possibility of by the time she did become, I guess, what you consider of age to join the business or participate in the business. You got to remember that he's, he had been in jail for a while um, and they had been kind of running the streets for a minute. So I would I would assume that to a degree. He he saw at the very least she should have the option that he didn't give them like because as we saw she she genuinely at the beginning she kind of was okay with it like she wanted to help out with the business and stuff like that she didn't like the way monet was going about it but when she would talk to her dad she was kind of down for it but i feel like some of those conversations she had when he was in jail it's like he kind of felt like 
you can do something else if you want. And as we saw, she didn't really want to be down with the drug trade. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't think it is possible. Like you can argue that because once he realized he had a little girl and him seeing the things that he saw, um, maybe he thought like, maybe, maybe she can, you know, she can at least have the option. Um, I don't, I, we can't say what their history was because we don't know if he forced Monet to do this or if she was on some Tasha stuff like, hey, I'm down and I want to help you be the biggest. Um, We don't know what she was into before she met him. She could have been on her, you know, slight rise to queen pin status. Um, But I think what he sees in her and, you know, you got to remember that people can change over time. Your views can always change um, with what you've gone through in life. Maybe he was just like, I know this is the family business, but if you want to do your own thing, he and him almost dying a few times and Kane and and Drew possibly almost dying a few times. It's like, look, you're my you're you're my youngest. You know, I think we're at a point where we're doing we're doing OK. If you want to do something else, you know, it, you can exercise that right. Um, but. One can only we can only speculate. Um, so we'll, we'll try to push through real quick. Uh, we've already spoken on this. This TA is really weird flirting with, uh, a, a, a family member of the deceased in real time. Um, and I, I'm not sure if Becca's a good wing woman or a bad wing woman, because I also, I feel like while yes, you can offer him a seat. There was a seat on the other side. She moved. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I know in a class or a game setting, you know, I would be like, all right, you can sit over here on this side of me, but she kind of moved so he could sit next to her and, you know, spit his game in this completely (laughs) bad situation, but who knows? Um, the memorial is under underway and Lil Mo is here. Go on. <laughs> and she just stopped. I mean, she was just singing a song. And it was just weird because, like, <laughs> I was just singing that song. Like, I was on my Snapchat the other day uh, because I was singing that same song with my car. Remember that car I used to have? Uh, uh-huh. it, when when I, when I had to, um, I scrapped it because the transmission went out on it. And hey, I had just watched the Snapchat because it was like the anniversary, like the three year anniversary of it, uh-huh. four year anniversary of it. And I was singing that exact same song. So it just made me chuckle. Um, but uh, man, I'm I'm happy to see Lil Mo. She was singing. Yeah. She sounded good. Um, now this memorial itself was a mess. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how Watariq is the person they chose to speak at the memorial, and then he made it all about himself. <laughs> he turned right. Zeke dying into a a, a, a campaign, a, a campaign for the for him to get forgiveness. So I was like, this man Tariq is nothing but a schemer and a dirty dog. And the random white dude shouting out. But you did it. Right. I was like, dude, somebody should have punched him in the face. Like, not appropriate. Not <laughs> at all. I don't care how you feel about this. Like, let me get my remarks out. <laughs> and you could say whatever you want to say to me after this thing. But for you to shout that out and no one turned around and looked at him like, yo, you had a line. Also, I was proven innocent. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a bigger thing. Like, they want to kick him off campus because 
He okay. He got arrested, and of course, they don't want to get arrested. But why is everybody thinking this man is a dangerous uh, threat to the society when he's innocent? He's been proven innocent by the court. I also have a note in here um, with on top of the, the craziness that was this uh, this memorial. Um, Tariq was brushing his hair earlier and had on a Louis Vuitton sweatshirt and then proceeded to put a blazer on top of it and attended this memorial. It's like, dude, this ain't a fashion show. If you don't put on a tie, it's literally just like a navy blue turtleneck. He didn't have even a color shirt on. It, that just had Louis Vuitton huge on the front. Yeah. And I'm just like, they just trying to right. some Louis Vuitton to people, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay. But it was just goofy. It just goofy. Like I, the, the one, thing, it was cool. I mean, the, the whole thing was cool, but it was like, y'all, he just made it really about himself. Yeah, I was like this is crazy. The one thing I did enjoy about that was, in the midst of it, like you see his, his conscience of his, the conscience behind his consequences, just like kind of showing his. Like, is this his true nature? Like, you're 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 literally on some politician stuff right now. You are mm-hmm. verbally promising something, but inside you know what you've done and what you've been capable of doing and what you are capable of doing. So it's like, are you selling a dream right now? Or are you do you have the capacity to be genuine and change? But uh, well, not even say but, but that's where the conflict of the title of the sh- the episode comes in your perception versus your reality. Cause everybody has this perception of him. And even though on the surface level, he's been proven innocent of all things. The reality of it is he's guilty of a lot. Oh yeah. We, I mean, we know that for sure. So yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it worked though. He got a round of applause at the end and maybe that's to to get the people off his back, the students yeah. or whatever. Um, but it was just so weird that he just made the whole thing about him. I was like, dude, did you care about Zeke really at all? You just right. made us a redemption speech. Yeah, I saw that coming when he started talking about people not uh like people having an opinion of of an image of him. And I was like, You're gonna you're really gonna spin this onto you, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um then I felt bad because like they had like that little five second like overlay of Zeke memories <laughs> and I was like oh gosh I feel like y'all could have picked better clips of this um, yeah, just goofy Zeke being goofy <laughs> right I didn't see I didn't see Everett there which I thought was weird I, I looked mean, for him up on the Everett stage was randomly in this episode but they probably just didn't even call the man back to the set that day you right you probably right you're probably right we got enough extras so we get um, a quick scene after that where Monet pretty much oh, tells to. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, you I, good. I, I get it as he got killed. Why did he retire his jersey, jersey when he was involved in a crazy scandal? Like, why do they should be still trying to, even though he was killed, they should be distancing himself from them because they was about to kick him out of school for lying about his age. And also because he was, he was arrested for allegedly killing um, uh, uh, the professor. So why they re- all of a sudden now they retiring his jersey just because he died? Damage That's control. So stupid. It's damage control. That way they look sympathetic. Man, it's like when good. that's like when you know some uh, 
let's say a college coach does something heinous. So the school like completely denounces him um, and borderline erased them from history books. Um, this is the opposite where it's like, yeah, he was kind of involved in some crazy stuff, um, but he was shot in the back. And even though some of this, like, even though it's not necessarily our fault as a school, you know, that that particular teacher that he was involved with killed themselves. Um, we didn't leak his, 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 um, his age. Someone else did that. Uh, we had to act on it because realistically we have to, like, we have to, we have to do something about that. You know, it, it, that, that makes them look like the villains, but that's the right thing to do. Um, but if we, if we put on this show, and we retire his jersey. It looks like, at the very least, it looks like we tried to we tried to do right by him. So that that was just damage control. Um, because for real, for real, aside from having sex with his teacher, um, as far as like athletics wise, Zeke didn't do anything wrong. He didn't know about his actual age and and all that stuff. So like on the court, he also hasn't done anything for the school. It's not like he won them a championship or. Didn't he miss half the season because he was like academically ineligible, and they had somebody else taking his space, and Tariq had to like get him back eligible. I'm like, he didn't do enough for the school for this. It was just stupid. It, it's damage control, exact. But I'm saying it's damage control. This way, they look like when when they finally stop talking about Zeke Cross and they bring it back up. the The school's part in the story is we 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 did right by him. Like, no one can say that we didn't do right by him in the end. But, yeah, you're right. He didn't really do much for them. I mean, he brought them a lot of publicity and press. Um, but, yeah, on the court, he didn't really have time to do a lot. He wasn't there but so long um, playing. So it's like, as a school, as an organization, they're going to be like, well, we got to make sure that when the smoke clears, whenever our name is brought up, people always remember the first note and the last note. Our last note, we we treated him like a hero. You know what I'm saying? D- despite, like, we can say that his life was cut short tragically, and we'll always remember him as a loving student, you know, devoted athlete, and just general good person, despite what whoever else has to say about it. So, like, they're in the clear, visually, they're in the clear. You feel me? Yeah, I got it, but it's just weird to me. But... Let's, let's, let's get, head on to the next subject, I guess. All right. So we're, as we're wrapping up, we get the return of Detective Dickman. He's been the one that was tailing the house and uh, was scouting the penthouse. Uh, so he's back. I don't know what happened to him. It just seemed like he kind of got kicked off the case at some point. Yeah, I don't even remember. Um, think... Oh, right. He blew it. Oh, on the blew stand it. or something? Well, he yeah. Or something? Uh, something to that effect. But he blew it, and he's back because... He feels responsible for why Lauren was killed. Even though they ruled it an accident, they ruled it a car accident, he feels responsible. Hold on, he was involved in that? Yeah, because I want to say he was the one that borderline, like, he pushed, I want to say he pushed the DA to pressure Lauren into wearing the wire. Okay, I mean, honestly, it was so long ago, I don't remember half of who was involved in it and it's always like people going in and out yeah so 
I, it was yeah it was like yeah it was like essentially his idea and he got tate's brother yeah i know his brother was involved somehow yeah so like they were the ones that were like these episodes yeah they were the law enforcement that were in charge of the case and they pretty much pushed her to to get info on Tariq. um so he felt he felt responsible when she turned up dead even though they ruled it a car accident Uh, okay um so he's back and supposedly not for long because he gets dismissed um from there we go to our new bosses well our new place of business and uh that is a lot of drugs that is a lot of drugs they gotta move what did you think about this thing i mean like i said it was just uh, uh, i mean i guess it was just showing what they was getting themselves into uh because it was a crazy amount of drugs but they all seem ready to do it and I think this is when they came up with the plan that we should move some of it through the, the Wall Street. Um, but I might be misremembering. I'm going to be honest. I was trying to eat my breakfast when I was watching this. I was halfway <laughs> paying attention by the end of the episode. I, I mean, I wasn't feeling this episode all the way through. And it was just kind of dragging for me. So maybe I, I was kind of losing focus towards the end. I'm going to be honest with you. Fair enough. Because there was a lot of ridiculousness. Uh, so from there, we get Jenny. Um, on the move. Now, before we, we say who obviously this was, who did you think we were going to see when she got to that house before that person turned around? Um, who did you? Oh, no. I know. I know it was going to be her. By, by yeah. that point in the episode, because they uh, for somebody who was supposed to be dead, they was referencing her a little bit too much. And I was like, oh, they about to do some type of twist with this girl ain't dead. The fact that we never got any type of real body or real confirmation that she was gone. Uh, and that's some, that's not normally something that we get on this show. Normally, people who die on this show, they die on camera. You don't get a lot of off-camera deaths, um, especially somebody who's like a major character like her. So I was like, yeah, uh, they, about to, they about to do some type of weird twist with Lauren is, is not dead. Uh, so I think I did um, figure it out during the course of this episode. And then that, so it wasn't a, a crazy twist, but it was like still cool uh, for her to come back. But um, I, I had a feeling it was going to be her. So I wasn't expecting it. I, I was expecting possibly a new character. Like I'm looking at hair and everything. I was like, who is this? And I'm expecting like someone from from way back when. Um, but I couldn't think of anyone like off top. So when she turned around, I was like, oh, OK, I'm back in. But then I immediately went to like, oh, this this is this was the first thing that had well one of the main things that had me questioning how many episodes did I have this season because you you hold something like this for at least episode three or four um, because now immediately immediately it's like okay Effie helped her because Effie was the last one to take her she took her from Brayden right so I was like okay so. Effie helped her, which means that Effie has to be an informant. Yeah, she just see. It's the it's the only way. So it's like, well, now we know that Effie is essentially a mole, like straight up. Well, that's what like, they, that's what they allude to, and that's what make it seem like it. I mean, and for yeah, and furthermore, a weird twist, but I doubt. Yeah. It. Furthermore, does Braden know, or did she just take, or you know, is Braden just walking around with the guilt? Yeah, he does. He is. He thinks she's dead. Like we saw what happened. We saw that Brayden was trying to let her go, and then Effie takes her away. So Brayden didn't actually see her get killed. 
And even when you, you know it, um, because when, when uh, Kane is talking to Brayden about killing the Bash, he says, it's not like it's your first time. And then Brayden was all kind of like, you know, he didn't say I didn't do it, but he was kind of nervous about it. So Brayden wasn't involved with her actually dying because Effie took her away. He just thinks she's dead based off what Effie said to him. So Effie probably is. I mean, it's, unless something weird, weird, a weird, a really weird twist happens, Effie is a mole and probably has been back since the choke days. Yes, yeah, it's that's because we never figured out how he was busted back then. She well, remember she ratted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, I was now the the ep, well, excuse me, not the episode. Um, it kind of it kind of shows why she wanted to be in. But now who's she has to be. Well, no, she wouldn't have known Blanca back then unless she no, she wouldn't have known Blanca back then. Blanca wasn't even a part of of the show back then. They got to explain all that. Yeah, they, but, but it's just like we got somebody in the organization and they clearly talking about her. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, has she been a, a like an informant? This She has to have been an informant this entire time. I would imagine. Um. So. It's it it calls in the question a whole lot of stuff. Like how long was she had been had she been put onto Tariq? Um, this also explains why she was mad about being left out, and how long she plans on on going along with this. Furthermore, if she's a CI, how old is she? Because I feel like you can't recruit teenagers. Not only send them undercover. But I'm pretty sure they had sex. And I, I, I would assume even no no level of law enforcement could could employ or empower a teenager to do that in the name of getting info. Well, I mean this is if she's a teenager. They might have to explain all this down the line. Yeah. Like, she is. She's not an undercover cop. So I think she is who she like she is like a regular lady. Who probably got busted and then they just flipped her. But I don't think she's like an undercover cop who they sent in to be like, who isn't really, uh, you know, the age that she is to kind of like build this type of stuff. I think she just probably got caught doing her own drug dealing things and then just started being a snitch so she can get out of it. But we got to, we'll see. They, they, if they do end up uh, letting us know that she is a part of this long term. I'm pretty sure they'll explain all the rationale behind it, how she got involved. She'll probably go sobbing to Shriek at some point. Oh, I, I, this is before I knew you and loved you and all this type of stuff. So we just got to let it play out and see how it goes. Yeah. So that is our welcome back roller coaster ride of season three, episode one. Um, a lot of a uh, lot of weird spots. Not to say if you've been following us for a while. You know that we we have no problem calling out Powers' weird moments, and they have Lord knows they have a lot of them. Um, but you know we're in it for the ride. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> we're gonna see if Tommy ever comes back into the picture, um, because I want to say that normally his series realistically would have been starting back by now, but we ain't had any info on that. So um, for me, overall thoughts on the first episode. Um, I went in with an open line of expectations. Like I didn't have anything specific that I wanted to see. I just kind of wanted to see where we were going to pick up uh, with Zeke's death and how school was going to be for Tariq. And 
we got a very, to me, a very rushed introduction to our new big bad, um, who I feel had the potential to be a really cool big bad, but because it was so cookie cutter, it's, it's going to take something interesting to really bring me back around to like, like, not necessarily bring me back around to liking them, but I mean, you got a badass British accent and you're all black. So you, you got points, but now I need to be really sold on it. What were your overall thoughts on the first episode back? Um, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it uh, overall. Um, and I, I, like I said, I treat this like a pilot. Uh, they have wrapped up so many people and lost so many um, characters, even recurrent or main characters, that they had to at some point reintroduce some new people to keep the storyline going or get fresh new stories. Uh, so I just took it like that. Um, this was more of an episode that was building towards the rest of the season. Um, but if I had to give it like a grade, probably like a C, C plus, um, I didn't really love it. But, uh, you know, I'm still con- uh, committed to the show and I'll keep uh, watching the rest of the year. And just kind of take it from there. Just look forward to hopefully that they uh, make all this pay off. Indeed. I'd probably give it the same grade. Uh, C. Um, <clears throat> it's a rough way. It's a rough way to start off the semester. So, y'all got to gotta bring that, that average up. All right? I think they so, yeah. I, I think so, too. I, I hope so. Um, there's a lot of potential there. We'll see what they, what they do with it. Uh, they got Bash up out of there. So, that kind of cleans up... Um, that particular loophole. Uh, who knows if we'll ever get to see Simon Stern again and his delightful racism. Uh, and we, oh, I think it, it was glossed over pretty quickly, but Tariq's overall goal is to do what he has to do to get back to his mother and sister. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see if canonical studies is actually still a thing anymore. <laughs> Um, I look forward. <laughs> His goal is so dumb, cause like, just be a good student, and graduate, get all your father's money, and call it right. a day. I mean, that we wouldn't. I don't think that show would do well. Yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. But we'll see how it plays out. So it's a lot of moving parts. Um, we now have a new setting. the The original settings were school and the Tejada house. We now have the Weston, uh, the Weston campus, or whatever you want to call it. Um. And we'll see what comes of that. Uh, we're going to ask that uh, you all, whatever you believe in, put pray for our girl Kiki because just the history of this show. <laughs> uh, we hope she makes it. But um, I, of course, am Triple D. You can find me pretty much everywhere um, under Off the Clock Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A, Clock Pod, or Triple underscore D. And he is Carlos D. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not doing any other podcasts other than this one right now. I'm probably not bringing back my car heads ever. But, you know, you never know. So come find me here, recapping power and other assorted things. But have a good rest of the day, y'all. And we will see you guys next time.